I was standing in line at Trader Joe's last Sunday afternoon buying a couple of Halloween pumpkins. There was a small child, a little girl, maybe a year and a half, in the cart, two people in front of me. Just ahead of me was a young man. The child kept looking up at the young man, trying to catch his eye with a sort of worried look on her face. He didn't seem to want to engage with her, and so she looked beyond him at me. I smiled at her, and she gave me this great big smile back. That's what she wanted, to be found, to be seen, and she was, smiles all the way around. Did Zacchaeus want to be found in that tree alongside of Jericho Street? The story tells us, that Zacchaeus climbed the tree to see Jesus, to see what all the fuss was about. He may have been thinking that up the tree was a pretty good hiding place, that up in the leaves, out of the general range of vision, with all the hubbub going on at street level, he could keep a nice, safe distance between himself and Jesus. He could watch it all without being noticed. And he may well have wanted to avoid notice. He was a tax collector. Judea was occupied by Rome, and the Romans were mostly interested in how much money they could wring out of the people. They hired the locals to do it. The highest bidder got the job. He could collect as much in taxes as he could get away with. He had to give Rome whatever he bid, but he kept the rest. Tax collectors were so despised that they couldn't serve as witnesses in court. They were considered unclean because of the goods they inspected and the homes they entered. If you want to get a feel for it, think in terms of some of the most despised people in our society, drug dealers, mafia hitmen. Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector. But while he was very rich, his profession made him an outcast. He'd given up on friendships, and even decency in order to have wealth. But Jesus hadn't given up on him. Jesus sees him. Jesus finds him. Zacchaeus, Jesus calls to him, he he knows his name. Come on down, as if to say, we can't have a serious conversation with you up in that tree. The crowd must have been flabbergasted at this, but it's nothing to what Jesus says next. I must stay at your house today. Now, Zacchaeus responds to Jesus, and the the New Revised Standard Version translation in our Pew Bibles, which I just read, it sounds like a miraculous repentance and transformation right there on the spot under the sycamore tree. But contrary to most contemporary translations, including our Pew Bibles, the tense of the verbs in Zacchaeus' response in Greek is present, not future. That means Zacchaeus isn't promising, look, half of my possessions I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Rather, he's boasting probably in response to the grumbling of the crowd, look, half of my possessions I give to the poor, and I pay back four times, and so on, as in right now, already, as a matter of practice. Zacchaeus 
neither confesses his sin nor repents. Rather than a story about repentance and transformation, what we have here is Jesus meeting Zacchaeus where he is, finding him in the tree, noticing him, seeing him, treating him with dignity and respect and acceptance, affirming his generosity before there has been any repentance. Then Jesus honors Zacchaeus a second time by not arguing with him when he boasts about his righteous behavior, but instead affirming him. Like it or not, Jesus seems to say, contrary to all expectations, this chief tax collector is one of God's own. This doesn't necessarily fit into our categories, does it? Wait a second, we might think. He's being accepted and forgiven without repentance, promised salvation for crying out loud, because that is what Jesus says. Today, salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. My friends, what we have here in this charming little story about the wee little man is the startling truth of who Jesus is, and therefore, who God is. Peter Gomes writes, The good news of the gospel is that Jesus sees us and as we are, and does not turn away. The conundrum of the gospel is that he forgives us. That's it, pure and simple. It is all right for God to see us as we are, for that is what God is supposed to do. But to see us as we are, and not turn away or destroy us, is something else. And that is called the gospel. God meets us where we are. And not only that, God looks for us, wherever we are. And the love comes first. After we have said no to all attempts to make us accept God, God comes to us and says yes to us. God accepts us as God's people. God invites us and welcomes us into God's family. God follows us home. A couple of weeks ago, someone referred me to an internet article about Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers, as he's known to most of us. Rogers, a Presbyterian minister, created Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, the TV show that aired on PBS from the mid-1960s until 2001. The article on the internet included a video link to a 1983 interview of Rogers by comedian Joan Rivers on The Tonight Show. Rivers tries to kid Rogers into showing us a different side of himself, but it doesn't work. He answers her questions directly in his slow, calm voice. He laughs at her jokes, but he never loses his path. And then at her request, he sings her a song he sang nearly every week on his show. It's You I Like, right there on late-night television, right to her face. It's you I like. It's not the things you wear. It's not the way you do your hair. But it's you I like. The way you are right now. The way down deep inside you. 
not the things that hide you, not your jokes, they're just beside you. Jokes was for Rivers. He usually sings, not your toys. And you should see Rivers' reaction. In the face of his earnestness, his directness, and his utter lack of irony, she struggles to hang on to her composure. Eventually, she pulls her sweater up over her head, like a turtle pulling into a shell. I think many of us would feel the same way, gazing into the intensity of unadulterated, unironic, uncynical, complete acceptance. Today, we observe All Saints Day, which is November 1st, but we celebrate on the first Sunday of November. In the Protestant Church, a saint is not someone who performed miracles or lived an exceptionally holy life, or even someone who is dead. In Scripture, saints were common folk committed to the Christian faith, committed to living now, not just after they die, but now in the kingdom of God. Back in 1998, Tom Junod wrote a long article for Esquire magazine about Fred Rogers entitled, Can You Say Hero? He wrote this about one of many of his conversations with Rogers over the course of writing the article. Once upon a time, a man named Fred Rogers decided he wanted to live in heaven. Heaven is the place where good people go when they die. But this man, Fred Rogers, didn't want to go to heaven. He wanted to live in heaven here, now, in this world. And so one day when he was talking about all the people he had loved in his life, he looked at me and said, the connections we make in the course of a life, maybe that's what heaven is, Tom. We make so many connections here on earth. Look at us. I've just met you. But I'm investing in who you are and who you will be, and I can't help it. Zacchaeus shows us that God is less about judgment and more about connection. God wants a relationship with us so much that God leaps past our imperfections and brokenness and even our sin, and believe me, I know how loaded a word that is. God leaps past all of that to scoop us up into God's overwhelming love and acceptance of who we are now, investing in us now and in who we will be, that we too might scoop up each other, connect, relate, love each other, and live in the kingdom now. And maybe it is being able to accept that to look that in the face with the delight of the little girl at Trader Joe's without pulling a sweater up over our heads that makes us saints. As Frederick Buechner writes, however inanely or blindly we are seeking the kingdom, it is also seeking us. Because if it is our secret purpose to become saints, it is God's unsecret purpose to make us saints. Thanks be to God that Jesus follows us home. And thanks be to God 
for the saints of San Anselmo. Amen.